everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Chartier, joined as always by my co-host, Stephen Verfill. How are you today, Stephen? Doing just as good as you you were an hour ago? You know what? My voice is starting to, you know, starting to lose it a little. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> get some water, my guy. I don't care. Get, get the co-host some water. But uh, no, man, I, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, double header. It's our first ever. Probably going to do more in the future if we get, get into these weeks with multiple shows. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, I'm, I'm still doing good. You still doing good? Well, yeah, still breathing. Still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a positive sign. You Thank know, God. Things are moving in a positive direction. Yeah, that's nothing could be more positive. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we skipped the news on the last episode, so let's uh, get into the news for this week. I only have one thing, um, and this was literally just Matt Shackman, the director of Fantastic Four, uh, talking about his movie, um, saying, you know, uh, if all things... Uh, move in a positive direction with the sag AFTRA and AMPTP uh, negotiations, then they'll start filming next spring. Um, and apparently the cast has been set and Ooh. will be announced. Well, obviously after the strike is over. Um, but uh, I like, I'm not sure if this was really news, but it was like, I, I felt like it was news because we didn't really know if the cast was set, but it sounds like they, they've picked their four actors. So good. I, I can't wait to find out because I'm I'm almost a little fed up of the uh, so sick and tired of this. <laughs> I'm sick of the fan casting. Like to be honest, like and I'm sick of people giving their opinions, like almost discrediting actors. Like ah, he's not a good enough actor to play Reed Richards. It's like what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like who the hell are you? Who are, like who are you to judge? Like just just let's see because everybody fucking judged Heath Ledger as the Joker and look what he did, right? Like yeah, let's just let's just see. So I can't wait to find out who this cast who they cast yeah. in these roles, and you know hopefully it's we'll find out you know within the next five six months probably will definitely but yes. that's the hope. Absolutely, another one that was judged. Uh was uh, Brian Cranston as Walter White. I saw that one. And there was a funny like Facebook post about yeah. it. Yeah. It was like goes around. Yeah. It's, He's going to get recast for the second season or something yeah. like that. It's, it's like, the oh, most oh. hilarious screenshot in the history. Like didn't he win like four Emmys for that <laughs> character? Like but what a hell. fucking the guy who posted that got to be so embarrassed. Like that yeah. probably bothers him. He's at up at night there got chilled. He's moved like cross country. He just can't live like his wife divorced him. He hasn't had a good night's sleep since that day. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, that's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yep. So that was uh, that was pretty much all the news I saw. And as like you said, that's like borderline not news, but it's good. It's a good sign. And yes, since it is a slow, you know, few weeks to a month of of news, it's kind of nice to see little things like this. Good updates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positive updates. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, I know you went to go see the creator last weekend, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it because we had both mentioned when we talked about the trailer about a month ago that we were interested. So why don't you hit me with that review? Absolutely. So I'll jump right into it. Um, I guess I'll give a minor spoiler warning. I don't really want to go into spoilers because I know you probably will want to watch it at some point as well. Um, so I, I don't want to entirely spoil it for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was just like, honestly, it was just like so refreshing to have this original idea for a sci-fi epic, um, and to see it on the big screen. Um, 
the both of us in the movie theater enjoyed it. Not the both of us. There was only two people in <laughs> the movie theater. It you was me and some other person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it is kind of sad. Um, but uh, yeah, so essentially the, the main story behind this is it's it's in the future. Um, New Asia is harboring AI robots and sentient beings, essentially. Um, and the West is in a war against them. Um, so the West have created this large nomad being. Um, very similar to the uh, what are those beings that hunt down the mutants in Days of Future Past? Uh, Sentinels. Sentinels. Very similar to that sort of program, um, except it's like it's a it's a large ship that floats in the atmosphere and hunts down people. It's not like you know separate robots that go after AI. If that makes any sense, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. No, right yeah, now. that makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's essentially just a large ship that is, uh, um, you know, in the atmosphere. Um, above New Asia and hunting down AI. Um, and, you know, they scan the area and kill uh, AI when they see it. So, um, and those beings when they see them. So um, the movie goes really hard at humanizing and making the AI robots uh, like relatable um, and making you like them. Um, essentially, that's like the main through line of the movie. It's essentially like, you know, Let's live in harmony together with a different species. That is essentially the through line of the of the, uh, of the movie. Um, and that's how they treat the AI slash the sentient beings here in this film. So, yeah, the, the main story kind of follows a soldier who infiltrates the enemy. Um, and that's where we kind of start off the movie. Um, and he's kind of now felt fell in love with someone on the New Asia side. Um, and so... Um, yeah, that's where the kind of the movie starts off. Um, and then they get split up. Um, he gets picked back up by the army. Um, and then uh, they find out, you know, we, we do a little bit of a time skip and we find out years later that they've come up with a weapon. Um, and so he being, you know, knowledgeable of New Asia because he had infiltrated that area um, is essentially sent back there um, to go find that um, weapon. Um, and, you know, as we saw from the movie trailer, uh, when he gets to the weapon, he finds out that it's uh, this uh, small AI child. And so his task now, once he finds the kid, um, is essentially that whole um, trope of a man who re reluctantly takes a kid on a cross-country road trip and uh, tries to save them from harm, right? It's the, it's the Last of Us story, essentially. Right? Yeah. In, in that case. Um, and like, that's not lazy writing. That's a, that's a, it's a very common trope in these sort of sci-fi uh, adventures, right? Like it's, it's a very common story to be told. It's not like, it's a very human storyline when you think about it. So um, I, I don't like, you know, when I say like, you know, oh, it's very The Last of Us. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. I, I totally thought you were almost like saying that it was doing a good job of it is kind of the way I looked at it. That's exactly what I meant. Thank you. Um, so um, the there's uh, some pretty uh, emotional beats in this in this film, um, uh, obviously between uh, our main guy and his uh, wife, the, the woman he fell in love and obviously the man and the kid uh, as they go on their, you know, their trip at, at times. 
it kind of felt like the script wasn't as tight as it could be. Um, but that said, um, you know, whenever it kind of took me out of it, it was like it, it, it won me right back over. So like it wasn't like a ginormous issue. I just felt like the movie could have been like that much better had it been a little bit of a tighter script. But um, again, no glaring issues really with the film. Um, acting was pretty good overall. Um, I thought the actress who played the kid was absolutely phenomenal. I think it was her first role. Um, and so I think she absolutely crushed it. Um, and the secondary characters, uh, I don't know all their names, but uh, Gemma Chan and uh, the other uh, New Asia characters were all really, really great additions to the cast here. Um, and John David Washington, um, this was probably his, he was, he played our main character. Um, it's probably the best performance that I've seen from him. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing more stuff as him, uh, with him in it, that is. Um, America and humankind are kind of depicted as the enemy here um, as we find out more and more information throughout the movie. So I thought that was really interesting because you don't always see that really in uh, especially like epic sci-fi is like a lot of times, you know, America will play like the, you know, the, we're the saviors or whatever mm-hmm. uh, role in these movies. So I oh, thought, shit. yeah. So I thought that was really, really nice to finally see. Um, because like I, I promise you, there are a bunch of third world countries who, um, do not see America as a savior. Um, and you know, that's not necessarily like, you know, me shitting on America. It's just kind of the truth here. Yeah. Um, so, um, I feel like the, the, the main story, the emotional beats of the movie, um, and the main through line of the film, like generally hit well. Um, so I thought that was all really enjoyable. Um, the visuals were absolutely incredible in this film. And I think for the most part, it was really shot on location and you could really tell like it, it, it looked good. You know, like when you're watching Andor and you see all these shots and you're like, yeah, they shot this on location. They didn't shoot this in a volume. Um, you, you could tell that for uh, this uh, movie. So um, really some fantastic set designs that really make the world kind of feel lived in um, and a great sound design and score to add on to it as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hans Zimmer was the uh, uh, the guy who did the score. So, yeah, I thought that was all really good. Um, overall, like maybe my expectations were set a little bit too high for this film, um, based off the, the you know the public reactions that were out there. Um, and so, like I thought this was a really good movie. Um, I it did not blow me away. Um, I'm a big sci-fi fan, um, and so. Um, I would love to watch this again to see if my opinion changes on that. But uh, overall, I gave it just a three and a half out of five. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I would watch it again. Um, and I'm, I'd be curious to see if my score would change after that. But uh, overall, very enjoyable. And uh, would I want to see another movie in this world? Yes. I'm not sure what story you know they would go with, but uh, I'd, I'd be curious to see it. Um, and you know, otherwise, if it if it ends with just this film, I'm I'm also okay with that. So, yeah, that's my review of the creator. Nice. It's it's good to hear when these newer IPs that are kind of doing their own thing, uh, turn out to be actually pretty good. So I'm I'm glad it actually was a good film. And you know, just based on the visuals you were mentioning, even in the trailer, you see that come across. Like the trailer yeah. showed those beautiful shots, basically in a very Gareth Edwards style as well. So, uh, yeah, man, I. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch it one day. I don't think I'm going to go to the theaters for this one. Uh, 
I, if you would have told me it was perfect, I might have, but I'll wait and I'll probably enjoy it when it does come to Netflix or, or Prime or whatever. So I'll be yeah. patient with it. But uh yeah. Yeah, this one might be a uh what's well, a Fox movie, so it might be Crave, it might be Disney Plus. Be Disney. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like you you mentioned Gareth Edwards. Um, I think he did a great job with this, and uh I can't wait to see what he does next. So Let's jump into Loki, shall we? Yeah, we're finally there. We finally are at season two of Loki. We've waited a bit, and uh, Tom Hiddleston hasn't aged a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And uh, you know what? It just immediately reminded me of why I love this show, this first season. So, um, spoiler warning for Loki season two, episode one. Um, title of episode one is Ouroboros. Um, so as I just mentioned, uh, essentially we pick up immediately where season one ended and, uh, immediately I realized maybe I should have just rewatched, you know, the, the final episode. I should have too. Yeah. I didn't really have time, but you know, it probably would have helped. It I probably would have helped me. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like we pick up exactly where season one ended. Uh, Loki's getting chased by people who don't know him in the TVA. Um, and then as he gets caught, he essentially gets pulled through time. Um, this was kind of what we were seeing in the, uh, in the trailer. And, uh, he realizes, um, that he was in the past, um, because he's talking to Casey in different, <laughs> in different times. And then, you know, kind of realizes like, oh shit, I did that crack in the tile. <laughs> <laughs> Really well done. Like I, I liked how he kind of realized he was going through time through that that familiar crack, and I actually thought that was really neat the way they handled it. Absolutely. Um. So Loki, you know, goes to try to find uh, Mobius. Um. And we cut to Mobius and B fifteen. Um. In our present timeline, they are studying the sacred timeline. Um. And then they get called to go face the new judge. And he, Loki essentially here is just jumping back and forth while trying to catch up with Mobius. <laughs> so he he keeps getting, it, look, it looks painful too. Like it does not look like a good time. I, I, I liked the way they did the visuals. It almost reminded me of like the way Venom works in the Venom movies. Okay. Like just the like it looks organic the way he was kind of like twitching. I don't know. There was very like like you said, it almost looked gruesome, like 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 violent. And he describes it as being like painful, but like not that painful. But it looks terrible. And even Mobius says it looks terrible. So yeah, <laughs> I thought they did a good job with that. Pretty much. So he finally catches up to Mobius, um, in the I guess the the judge's room. I don't really know. It's called the war room. The war room. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then he gets pulled back into time and then sees the big Kang uh, mural behind there and he plays a tape where um, we essentially get to hear um, he who remains talking with Renslayer about creating the TVA and this is essentially the start of the TVA I would assume um, she helped him set it up um, and then like, I don't know if they shared some connection or something. That That's the kind of feeling I'm getting. Like, maybe she fell in love with him and so helped him out. And then I would assume 
he probably erased all their memories and just restarted the TBA from there. Um, made the made the three timekeepers and fucking Miss Minutes was the only one who really knew. Yeah, that's my assumption. I, I I'm gonna agree. I think that's what makes the most sense. It was a very quick sequence too, so it's like we didn't get too much detail. But I, I think you're on you're on the right path there for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Loki, uh, essentially, uh, from that he who remains and Rensselaer conversation realizes he's in the past. Um. Like finally confirmed. Like oh shit, I'm in the past. Um. And then uh, Loki meets back up with Mobius, uh, in the real timeline. And I di- I just love how he's fucking flipping the fuck out right now, right? Uh, <laughs> he essentially just like he like destroys the whole mural. He's like, "That's who created it. We found him at the end of time." Um, and uh, yeah, like it was just like this whole sequence was just so great. And Tom Hiddleston is just fantastic in this. Oh, for sure, it was so hectic too, and you can kind of see like the confusion on Mobius's face and. Right away, you can kind of see how much good chemistry, too, that Hillston and Owen Wilson have. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's one of the highlights of this show in general, right? So I'm glad they continued right off the bat with that. And I'm glad they're kind of going into the meat and potatoes right off the bat, too. Like, they're not taking their time with it. Like, we're already at a point where, like, the TVA is kind of unfolding. Like, some some shows would have taken their time with that. But this one kind of, like, within the first, what, 20 minutes? Like, we're already at that point. So I, I kind of like where we how fast the episode started. Pretty much like they, they jumped right into it. <laughs> Essentially, it's like it just feels like a continuation of season one. So yeah, the TBA. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just say I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So the uh, the TVA is essentially deciding to hunt down Sylvie after hearing that from Loki. Um, Loki explains uh, more calmly to Mobius uh, what happened at the Citadel. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I love this sort of analogy because it's essentially like he's essentially saying this to Mobius we met the man at the end of time and he actually made fucking sense (laughs) kind of yeah that's essentially what he's saying he's like he said he told us this insane shit and he made sense (laughs) (laughs) and that is fucking scary because he knows Sylvie killed him (laughs) after pushing him Um, and yeah uh, essentially, yeah. Th- he also he also says that like that's what happened. You know, she pushed me into a a portal. Um, uh, so you lost. Well, it was a tie. <laughs> yeah. So you both lost. <laughs> <your board>? so, yeah. <laughs> that was so hilarious. <laughs> he just can't be the one that lost. <laughs> no, definitely not. It was a draw. Oh god. So Mobius takes Loki to Obi to try to solve this um time slipping problem. Um, what a fantastic addition to season two, uh, Hu Kwan's uh, Obi is. Wow. Just a great addition. Yeah, really unique character and uh, a knowledgeable character, too, that kind of basically answered the questions we were wondering at the time. And uh, I like the way they handled the like the jumping back and forth between younger Ouroboros and the new one and how like the, the modern one is remembering the old one's like reality as it's yeah. like I thought that was a really cool way of kind of showing how it works. No, I completely agree. Like that whole sequence was fucking great. He's jumping back and forth between the past and the present. Um, he, he's talking to Obi, and then like we jump back to the present, and he like Obi is remembering. He's like, oh wait, yeah, 
I did see this before. <laughs> um, I, I completely agree. That was um really great. Um, and so he, you know, essentially gets he need, he needs a temporal extractor. Um, that Mobius will need to go uh into the um I don't know what did they call that place um. I don't remember to be honest. There was a lot of like big yeah, words. Yeah, a lot of big words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, anyways, he needs to, uh, you know, go turn it on in this fucking place where all the timelines are. Um, it's essentially the big energy core of the TVA. Um, and Loki will need to get pruned, and then that extractor will essentially extract him from the timeline and free him of all those. Uh, all those other branches that he's jumping back and forth. Um, so as they go, <laughs> essentially, you know, they figure out, you know, yeah, we'll have lots of time to do this. And then Obi looks looks at that core and says, oh, shit, you know, we're in trouble of being overloaded. Um, you have five minutes. <laughs> um, it was kind of like your, your look at it, right? The glass broke and it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are fucked it's over um so they they put that plan into action and then loki gets pulled back into time but once he gets there he realizes that shit he's in the future and so he needs to find one of those sticks to prune himself um he's running through the hallways trying to find anyone to see if he can get one of those sticks and then all of a sudden he hears a phone ringing and someone is opening an elevator and it's sylvie and then he gets pruned by an unknown person and gets pulled back by Mobius and Obi. The, the whole tension, the score in this scene, everything about that scene was just so fucking outstanding, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It was really intense. Like, I was like, ooh, like, maybe they will not be able to do this. Like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, fuck, is, are they going to have to figure out a different way or like is something bad going to happen? Because it, it legit looked like they were out of time, right? And uh, yeah, like like Obi was sitting on three for like, you know, 50 seconds. Um, <laughs> he was just repeating three, three, three. He did not. He did not want to push the button and leave uh, Loki. But, you know, he eventually did do it. Well, he had to. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, uh, lots of interesting possibilities for this scene, because this is obviously in the in the uh, future uh, where we see Loki and the phone ringing and all that stuff. So. Who the hell pruned him, right? So and that's gonna be the question probably for a lot of the season. Yeah. Um, and we cut to another scene. Um after the, after that, essentially, this is the end of the episode now. Uh the TVA is sending 50 million agents after Sylvie. Um <laughs> and uh in the post-credit scene, we see Sylvie is gone to 1982, Oklahoma. McDonald's. And orders everything on a McDonald's. Yes, I want everything. Who would blame her, to be honest? Did you hear that they finally came out with some new chicken McNuggets? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, right away, I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> we have three different kinds of dips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we finally have fresh ice cream. <laughs> yeah, um, our ice cream machine works. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's the episode to be bad. That that's the the end of the first episode. Um, I thought it was a really good finale. A finale is a. I'm still on Ahsoka here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a really great premiere. Um, really good to be back in this world. And yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the season. We've got five episodes left. 
Um, and it just looks like, you know, we, like, like we said, like we just picked right back up to where we were in season one and it just fucking like the, <laughs> essentially the treadmill was at a speed of 15 and you know, it just, it kept going. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it. And like, I don't find lots happened in the episode, but it kind of sets up where we're going. And it also kind of fixes some of the issues, right? Like, like the, the time slipping was fixed, right? Yes. So it's no longer a problem. We know where we're going. We got with the Kangs a problem of some sort, and they are looking looking for Sylvie, and we probably are going to have to save Sylvie. So you know, it sets up the season well. It was not you know too much. It, it felt to me, it felt like a perfect season two episode one. I yeah. think there's the other way to put it. Like it wasn't mind blowing. But it was it was good, and, and, and like like you said, it started off at a point where I was like per, like content, like there was no beating around the bush, there was no useless you know flashbacks or fodder. It it just got into the story. It's pushing the narrative, and you know I I'm just happy to be back with these characters, man. Like Tom Hiddleston's Loki is one of those characters we both have spoken highly of, and I think Mobius played uh, you know plays such a key role in the show and he's such an awesome character to play off of loki that you know it's one of the highlights of the show and we've got more of that already like their banter is absolutely the best part of the show oh big time like it's it's not even close um and you know the fact that they're two um they're essentially two co-workers right yeah. Um that like have this banter and everyone has their one friend at work that they have this sort of banter with and they fucking go back and forth on everything and you know like it, like everyone it's so relatable, right? So yeah. um, I feel like that's why it like plays so well. Um you know, obviously they have great chemistry together the two actors, so that obviously helps, but um just the fact that this, you know, yeah, it's just like it's so relatable. You look at it and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Um, these two are like they're the best part of the show. So big, big time. Yeah, um, the the music in this show goes so hard. Like it's 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 fucking insane to me. Like, um, I don't know. It's just it's so great. I think Natalie Holt is the person who does the score, um, in Loki season one and and again in season two, um absolutely crushed it like like every scene the tension in every scene was just like cut it with a knife man cut it with a knife i, I yeah for sure uh, there, there was definitely something unique about season one's score and they definitely uh clearly are continuing on that same trajectory for season two and, and like you said it, it adds tension to sequences that had there not been such a good score there maybe it wouldn't feel as intense as it is absolutely Absolutely. Um, so what was going on in the future, in your opinion? Do you have any theories or anything? Like like the phone was ringing. Who the fuck was on the phone? What the hell was Sylvie doing um, in the elevator? Like, I feel like we're going to see it at some point. We will, for sure. But uh, I like I find that very interesting. Yeah, like I to be honest with you, the show is so complex that I don't really have a theory, to okay. be honest. Like I have no fucking clue what's going on. Like <laughs> yes, no, that that's totally fair. Like we we mentioned it like not that long ago, but like the the amount of fucking uh complicated words and different uh, sort of methods of 
whatever the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, it's like, very dense, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I don't, like, do you have any theories? Because like, I legit have nothing. I honestly don't have a theory right now, but I I just want to say like I thought it was really a really really good choice um, to put this in the premiere, knowing that it's probably gonna come back. Um, yeah, it, it's a good tease for what potentially may happen. So uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I actually thought it was one of those things where we're gonna be asking ourselves these questions for a bit now, right? And when you have a lingering question in a show, it keeps you coming back, right? So non-MCU fanatics might get curious. You know what I mean? Because obviously we, you and I are going to watch every episode of these shows. That's just how it is for us. That's how we're, that's how we're built. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not everybody's going to be like that. So, you know, giving a lingering question could hook some people. And, and I think this is a good one because I am genuinely curious who zapped him. <laughs> yes. Or I forgot what the term is. Burnt him or... A prune. Oh, pruned. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. The, I think the, the one theory that that I maybe have is that it's potentially him in the future. I, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. Yes. Um. But uh, we'll see. I guess. Um. There's also the the uh. You know what's going to happen in the continuation of that scene. So, um. That's that's obviously interesting to see what's going to happen. Um. So we get introduced to uh, Obi in this episode. Um, who, you know, he has the episode named after him. So, um, as, as we were kind of mentioning, um, he's essentially the person who is charged with explaining to us what the fuck is going on, uh, throughout this episode. Um, but like, yeah, I, I felt like he was just a smooth transition, like in terms of an addition, like it was just a smooth transition for the show. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, he, he joined in. Didn't feel out of place. Had good chemistry. Seemed like he was living in this world. You know what I mean? Like sometimes shows will add a character and it'll just be like, oh, like this feels like a new addition. Whereas with this character, it, it feels like he was there the whole time. You know what I mean? Like he's lived there. He's been there, done that. And, and I, I kind of liked the banter. He not necessarily banter, but like the kind of like fun he had, you know, like it's been 500 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like th that, I thought that was fun. And he's a fun character. Yeah, did he like not see anyone in 500 years? Is I think that... that's what they were getting at. Yeah. Oh my god, Jesus! So he was the office crazy guy. Yeah, he he's he seemed kind of a little loopy, but you know he seems like a like a good ally, and uh, I I do hope we see more of him. Yeah, and he definitely knows his shit. So fucking right. Yeah, um, yeah, like we talked about the Mobius and Loki banter, but that's definitely the best part of the show. Fuck yeah. Um, not yeah, not even close. Not even close. Um, the TVA is chasing after Sylvie. Yeah. Uh, do they want to capture her? Do they want to prune her? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, they've already pruned her. Or, well, she pruned herself, I guess. But, like, yeah, what the fuck is the end game here? I, like, like Sylvie already set out her plan. It's done. <laughs> There's, like, a million branching timelines. It's done. What the fuck do they want with Sylvie? Yeah, we'll find out soon, hopefully, because, yeah, I've got questions. Absolutely. Um, he who remains in Renslayer. I feel like that's really interesting. Um, obviously, Renslayer, uh, we last saw her in episode six of season one. She was, you know, sent in a direction by Miss Minute. So well, what do you think? Do you think we'll pick up with her in episode two, maybe? Will we see um, that 
you know, that side of the story, like where, where that continuation is going. That would be interesting. Um, like I don't really like for that character and even for like the Kang or Kang variants or whatever, like, I don't really know how that's going to play in at this point. Right. Yeah. Because we don't really know where the season's going. Yeah. And let's say like she did fall in love with him in that past yeah. timeline or whatever. And it, in those recordings that we heard, does fucking like Kang obviously erased her memory. And so like she wouldn't remember any of that shit. She obviously didn't remember any of it in season one. She was looking for all that information, right? No, yeah, that's true. So like, will we find out what happened in, you know, between them? I hope. If not, like, I don't like I think it's the lines are kind of filled, you know what I mean? Like we we can figure it out, but it'd be nice to kind of fill in. Like this character was mentioned a few times this week, right? So obviously it'll be relevant again at some point, I would assume. Yeah, uh, I would assume so. Like yeah, do you think we're going to see them in uh this upcoming episode? I feel like it would make sense considering like, you know, you know, maybe it would take a one episode break considering, you know, like obviously it's years apart, but um, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I feel like it would make sense to see her again. Like, how long will that story be stretched out? I don't really know. Like, it, it'd be nice to know an answer, uh, like get a some sort of resolution soon enough. And then maybe you could set her on another path um, after that. Um, there's only six episodes, right? So there's only so much you could do. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go quick. Yes. So uh, moving off of that, um, how much information do you think we're going to get about the TVA? Uh, its creation, the past, any of that, considering we did see that one clip uh, or hear that one clip. Um, and then obviously all the Kang statues were everywhere um, before. Um, so what do you think? Like, Do you think he who remains created the TVA using all of those agents, uh, knowing who he who knew he, who he was um, and then erased all their memories, created the timekeepers, and then went off into the citadel and you know yeah i think that makes sense right like i think that's kind of what they were hinting at right like he kind of used maybe the like-minded concepts of these people and then basically wiped them and basically turned them into drones like not necessarily drones because they're obviously still free thinking but like Mm -hmm. they have no more knowledge potentially of what had happened right the thing with the thing with this too is like I find a lot of the stuff with Kang all a question. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like we don't know anything really about this character and how he fits here. Like like he who remains explained it as much as you know he could, mm-hmm. but we still have so many lingering questions that are like it's hard to really gauge right what is exactly happening at this point right because those Kang statues weren't there before right they were, they were there in the past that's what I mean so like what happened there. Yeah, and well, they were there, but they were covered in the present, right? And that's where Loki kind of uncovered it. I know. That's what I mean. Why were they covered? Is kind of what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Like, that there's a lot. Of, like, I find this very complicated. Yeah. No, it's certainly a mystery, and that's why, like, I'm curious. Like, are, are we going to get into that? Um, I hope. Obviously, we know Victor Timely is going to be in this season, and so, um, how does that play in? Because I, I have no inclination right now of knowing like how how kang is going to get involved in this season like will will there be another variant on top of that legit though yeah like Like, it doesn't even feel like he fits in the story right now yeah so it's it's very interesting i I think episode two is going to be very important in terms of that transition because it now it now seems like we've resolved the season one finale 
and now it's like fucking new story. This is where we're heading. Exactly. Um, so just turn the page. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So that's really interesting. Um. And Sylvie is a, is a, at McDonald's. So. <laughs> yeah. That. I think that was just for fun, but I think that's yeah. where he's gonna find her. Yeah, they got a little bit of money from uh, McDee's. Yeah, they're in a commercial. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, so that that was about all I had, really, for uh, in terms of thoughts for this episode. Um, did you have anything else? No, not like not really. It was it was a nice simple episode, and, and I, like I, like I said, I actually think it turns the page very well on season mm-hmm. one to season two, and I think season or episode two of season two is probably going to show us a direction more so than what we've already seen. So I'm looking forward to it. For sure. For sure. Um, And like, I don't know what your thoughts are, but like, to me, this show is like a heads and heels. Like it's, it's above everything, every other show that they've done, in my opinion, like in terms of quality, like for me, it's not even close. Yeah. I, and Moon- it, just, it just felt like we were back. <laughs> yeah. Moon Knight's still my top show, but considering that's a one-off right now, uh, this is probably like gonna be that show that I think of when people are like, "Oh, an MCU sh- show." I'll probably be like, "Yeah, Loki," because we, we're gonna have two seasons. It's unique. It follows a character from the movies, and yeah, there's just something kind of special about it, right? There's like a, like, like you said, it feels like yeah, we're back. Like this world that they've created with the TVA and all that. It's just so interesting. Like, it, it, it is. So, it's unique too. Like this is not something we've dealt with in the movies. Yeah, like I like the mystery. Like I like that I'm confused. I absolutely. am absolutely. I like it though. So yeah. that's part of the fun. And uh, I kind of hope they keep doing the show, like uh, you know, multiple seasons. Because a, I like Tom Hilston's Loki, and b, uh, I think they could do an infinite amount of things with this concept. Yes, but we can't go. I feel like this the TVA story ends with Secret Wars, and so there's obviously oh, a timer on it, right? For sure. Uh, do what you can while you can. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and the the one thing I would say too about the show is that like it it's one of those shows like we we've talked at length prior about like you know like you know some shows feel like okay like this is a movie plot let's put bump it into six episodes or whatever. Um, I feel like this show more so than other MCU shows knows what it is. You know what I mean? Like they know their story, they know it's a television show. And they fucking they just set out and they make it. And that's why that's why it's great. Like, you know what I mean? There's no stretching of storyline of potential storylines. Just it, it just feels like everything um has been plotted. I'm I'm not making cohesive sense here, but I'm understanding. Like I, I agree. Like the show feels like it's meant to be a show. It doesn't feel like you know, oh that there's not enough time or all oh, like they're stretching storylines just to make it a show. Like it feels like it's meant to be the length it is like it fits. It's like Cinderella, you know, it fits perfectly in the slipper, you know? Yes. Yes. The the shoe like, fits perfectly. Yeah. So for, <laughs> I, I think you're making perfect sense for this because we do know like for secret invasion, we both kind of said how it didn't really feel that great overall. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, it just didn't hit for me. Like, no, and yeah, that's maybe for like what we're talking about right now. Maybe that's a good big reason. And, uh, I think the show, at least season one, I thought they did a phenomenal job with it. And it looks like season two will probably follow suit. Yeah. 
Nope, it, it looks like it. And honestly, the, the way this premiere went, it kind of it makes sense to me now why they were the original idea was to film season one and two back back to back. So makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up or are you good with me wrapping here? Yeah, you're good to wrap for sure. All right. So that was a lot of talking for today. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end of this episode of the Movie Multiverse podcast. Uh, next week, Stephen and I will have a review for Loki episode too. Thanks for listening and have a good week, everyone. That is it for this episode of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the podcast with anyone who might enjoy it. You can follow us on Twitter at Movie Multipod. You can follow Steven at Your Uncle Steven, and you can follow me at Movie TV. 044. Have a good week, everyone.